Authoritarian. Authoritative. Permissive. Uninvolved. These are parenting styles. Which do you fall under? Tonight, the least edge will discuss their parenting styles, how they were raised, and even how their parents were raised. Can your parenting style change? Let's find out. Finally, which style is the best style for raising children, and which one's the worst? Stick around where we crack some amazing dad jokes. Tonight, Jared even cracks one. We're J and J. He's Jared. He's Justin. Two leash dads <laughs> that get together to discuss life while chained to their everyday responsibilities. For example, supporting our families and adopting our own parenting style. How you doing, man? Oh God, it's been a hell of a week. Um, you know, I, how do I start? I'll just be brief. Honestly, here, uh, my five-year-old Arlo went into concussion protocol on like Thursday. No shit. What happened? He fell five to six feet off of a playground. What? Face first into the wood chips. He's got a pretty messed up lip. Uh, he's starting. You're starting to see a bruise under his left eye. He's got a nose that's kind. Of, it's not broken, thankfully. No broken. No broken body parts or anything like that. Um, but he's got a busted up lip or was pretty swollen. Uh, he's got a swollen nose, kind of sc- scrapes and bumps all over the place. Uh, but he was in per or not percussion concussion protocol, um, uh, for like 24 hours. Um, which is very fun to do, making sure, you know, if he does fall asleep, we're able to wake him up. Uh, you know, it's not like we're trying to wake him up every time he does fall asleep but give him a bit try to relax based on what the doctor said um and make sure he you know if you shake him he wakes up or um he's responsive and kind of knows where he's at or he's not having any neurological problems uh due to the fall so i mean it was it was during a school day too so around 2 20 ish or so i get a phone call from the school saying, uh, I've got Arlo here in the nurse's office. He's got a bloody nose and it's not stopping. You know, they forgot to kind of mention that he fell five to six feet when I was on the phone with them. The one thing you should not forget to mention is how <laughs> high he fell from. <laughs> it's so like, that's some scary it, shit, man. The problem is, too, I'm the one that answered the phone call because they never called my they never called Sam first. And she's like the first person to call, apparently, like on what? the list of emergency contacts she's labeled as the first one and then i'm like labeled as the second one so it's not i'm not worried about that but it's like they didn't try to call her first um right but it it is what it is you know i I was like hold on let me go get my wife on the you know let me go get my wife because they're asking me to come pick him up i'm at work i don't have a problem with going to pick him up for things like this but me knowing me right now and being able to take advantage of sam being home on maternity leave and everything I'm going to send her to go pick him up. Needless to say, yeah. he went to the urgent care. Urgent care basically told him that he needed, you know, just put him on concussion protocol, watch him, see how he's doing. Anything else comes up, take him in to, or call your provider, take him into the emergency room, things like that. 
uh, what was it? Sad, no, Friday. I think it was Friday night or something like that. Took him into the ER because he was running a fever. He was dizzy, shake, like he had some shakiness in his right hand uh, and whatnot. I think the shakiness is from when he hit his head or fell, uh, but haven't really paid attention that much recently. The good news is he didn't need to do a CT scan or anything. Okay. So that was some scary okay, shit. That's good. Because more or less, I thought like Sam had asked me if they did a C or did a CT scan of his head. I was like, no, they said no need to do that. Uh, you know, then I brought it up to him. I'm like, what about a scan? They're like, well, based on the fact that he passed all his neurological tests. So basically being able to follow commands, like for those of you, you can't, you can't see the video, but you do, you do the, the eye follow test where you put the finger up and you follow it with your eyes only. He passed that just fine. He was able to follow other commands. He was able to walk to the door and back in a straight line, put his feet in front of or one foot in front of the other. Um, he was able to do that. Uh, they took an x-ray of his nose because of how swollen it looked or how kind of bruised okay. it looked. Uh, thankfully, like they said, there was no broken bones or no broken nose, uh, which we kind of figured, but it's always a safe thing to know because that's they wanted to make sure that wasn't something uh, causing like fever or anything like that. Um, they did a swab on his nose. Worst thing ever. COVID. He had... No. So the swab was doing a test for flu, COVID, uh, whatever other viruses are out there that they can think of, like RSV, things like that. Yeah. So it was like a... It was a, te- it was a swab for s- all those types of tests. Uh, he came back positive with coronavirus, not COVID-19 but a coronavirus. So something well before. Oh, so okay. kind of just like a common cold. So, you know, he's still going to feel the symptoms of like what's COVID-19 in a sense, I guess you could call it COVID-19, but it's not. Um, he, you know, you still follow the same thing where it's just don't go out into public, things like that. So it's been, it's been a hell of a few days because <laughs> he's oh always saying his God. head hurts, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot. So thankfully, I mean, thir- he he left the school Thursday, obviously didn't go back on Friday because they didn't want him to go back. Like urgent care said he should just take the day off. And they, we got a doctor's note for that. Monday, he has no school because of Martin Luther King Day or whatever mm-hmm. random holiday it is. This uh, I think I think it is MLK Day, which. Yep. Tomorrow's you know, that's MLK fine. Day. Yeah. So they get off. Um, so he's just kind of been resting things like that, but uh, over this weekend, it's been hell. Uh, today I was supposed to go down to Milwaukee for, uh, my great aunt's funeral who recently passed, but, uh, you know, with Arlo being the way he was, yeah, you can't, can't do it. Can't do it. Not to no. mention they don't like even ur- the doctors at urgent care said you don't need to overstimulate him, especially with his head injury and whatnot. So, and then on top of that, obviously finding out that he's got a coronavirus of some nature, not the COVID-19, but another coronavirus shouldn't even be around anybody anyways. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, that's been my week. I'm not looking forward to going to work tomorrow. <laughs> I wish MLK day 
existed for us uh, or businesses as well, but it, I don't think it ne necessarily does. It's just another excuse to get children out of school. Uh, Jared, how was yours? How was your week? Uh, it was long. Uh, obviously, it's the first week, full week back from work after the holidays, so it was long. Uh, we had, I, when it was full of meetings, uh, in fact, uh, Wednesday or, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Wednesday. I had a, for those of you who don't know me and don't talk to me, um, I haven't really been public about this, but I've been trying, and I, I guess I have been public in the past episodes about my strive to be more positive in my life. And for those of you who do know me, know that I am very negative 95% of the time. And <laughs> Justin has got his eyes, uh, wide eyes on. And, um, damn straight. I need to stop that because it takes a lot of energy and it's not fun for anybody. And especially myself, once I realized that, wow, I'm a negative Jared, Nancy, whatever. And, uh, yeah. Negative Nelly. So, anyway, uh, in my positive streak, the world is my oyster and all that jazz, I got stuck in a meeting. Yeah, <laughs> I got stuck in a meeting which resulted in me having more work put on me uh, and my I just my brain snapped immediately to me not having any time to do it because I'm already short staffed the way it is. And I just got stuck on that thought of not having any time to do anything else and having this extra work to do that I just sank myself into this depression and it took, you know, thankfully god lover natalie at dinner time just laid it all out and just brought me back to reality i mean the next day was was much different and she she helped me out a lot so uh, i think she was able that. to restore your pos itiv yeah yeah thankfully because um, nice. i needed it um kudos so. to natalie wherever you are right now yeah um and then sat yesterday i just we i got the brain working in, in the bed when I'm listening to the kids running around the house and getting yelled at. And I was like, wait, let's just get out of the house. Let's do something. Let's do some family activities. So I live near Milwaukee, near quote unquote. And I just, you know what? We haven't been to the Milwaukee museum in a long time. So let's go to the Milwaukee public museum. It would be the girls first time. I think they're ready. They aren't, freaking out as much anymore in public so let's go got ready packed the kids in the car drove uh roughly you know 45 minutes and um it was a great time the they were a bit scared uh you know in the first part of the museum we stopped at the dinosaurs eleanor's in this dinosaur kick so she loved it cora was clinging on to mom for dear life and, uh there's a lot of dark areas <laughs> a lot of dark areas on the first floor uh for those of you who know so cora didn't like those very much but as soon as we got out of those dark places uh she was fine so we went to go eat lunch and then they were really fine after they got a belly full of food and uh they loved the streets of old milwaukee museum as we all do the you know the old european village and the the old streets of milwaukee they were running around looking through every window you know it was it was great it was good, good family time. We didn't get home probably until like eight because we stopped at Costco on the way home. So yeah, uh, 
that was my triggering week of negativity and uh, my fun family activity yesterday. So, sounds like you had a blast at least. I mean, on Saturday, I would love to have gone to a museum, but I unfortunately, as we know, can't do that right now. Um, no, without leaving. I saw a child plenty behind. of mothers with um, like really small babies there, so. Oh, I'm not saying I, I wouldn't take Eleanor out. It's just oh, Marlo right. couldn't go and leave yeah, him behind. Said, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, somebody would have to stay behind. But I, it's been a while since I've been to the Milwaukee Museum. I can't speak. I no. I don't remember the last time I was at the Milwaukee Museum at all. So I think it's it been hasn't a while. changed much. <laughs> it never will. That's the thing. You've seen it once. You've seen it all the time. Uh, but it it is what it is. So hopefully, um. One of these days, it might be worth the drive down there or whatnot. Uh, but, you know, you definitely live a hell of a lot closer than I do. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. so. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem. Dri- I don't have a problem driving down to Milwaukee ever, especially when it's you, since my family lives down there or whatnot. Uh, you spend a full day down there. But if you're going down there only to turn your ass back around and come back, it's not worth it. It's not no. worth a three-hour trip just to spend 20 minutes down there for something and then turn around. If you are sp- if you are going down there early morning or whatever, spending time like at the museum or whatnot, spending at least a few hours down there to get your money's worth of driving, then sure, by all means. But only to go down there for 20 minutes and turn your ass back around, it's a waste of gas and then, yeah. you know, just a waste of your time. So manage your time well, you know it's <laughs> right it's it's pretty easy to spend a day and if you plan ahead it's it's no different than chicago where there's a lot of things to do if you just plan it out you know at a decent yeah. pace like for example we got down there around noon twelve thirty ish uh just because we got a late start and i woke up around nine but only then i woke up at nine only because i was up twice with the girls uh and one of the last times was really er- really really early in the morning so um and they have trouble sleeping but um they slept the whole night through last night because they were so tired from running around the museum all day uh, but anyway i digress uh i wanted to spend you know a good amount of time at the museum go through every floor maybe not every exhibit but every floor and go to dinner or something until I got the bill for lunch at the cafeteria in the Milwaukee Public Museum. And I, nope, restaurant, nope, we're going home. <laughs> and then I realized and then I re- realized that I had a gift certificate for Costco in my car, uh, some membership bonus thing. And I was, oh, well, we need some stuff, so we'll just stop in Grafton on our way back. And You're we'll terrible. You're just so terrible. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I get it. You spent a lot of money at at the cafe so i mean museum food is never cheap even though it's pretty simple um <laughs> but yeah. no offense what museum if you guys hear this but your food kind of blows when you're there i don't know i got a chicken caesar wrap and it was not very chicken caesary it was more little lettuce chicken, and tomato with sauce wrap yeah 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 that's all right <laughs> i hate that stuff <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny. We talk about, I hate tomatoes, but I love ketchup on, you know, hamburgers, things like that. And guess I'm what? I'm the same way. Ketchup is made of tomatoes. Right. Oh, food, food, food for thought, though, for you people out there. If tomato is a fruit, 
than ketchup is a smoothie. Or a jam. Or a jam. How does how just think about that. Let it soak. It's just like mind boggling. You know, I don't I really hate where people come up with the shit, honestly. But um <laughs> Well hey, no, because so, if ketchup so, okay. is a is a jam or a smoothie, then V eight is definitely a smoothie. It's a fruit smoothie of tomatoes. No, I think v- I think it's always been that way. It's like uh, V8 is like a juice smoothie. I think it's always been marketed as a smoothie. So they've been really? ahead of the game. The people that made V8 have been ahead of the game in that regard. <laughs> hmm. they, they know their shit. Everybody in the world is just like, no, tomato's a freaking vegetable. Or, you know, people argue the vegetable versus fruit kind of thing. But, hey, what came first, the chicken or the egg? We'll never know until Amazon delivers. so okay okay so the museum the kids were were they well behaved or how was you know i want to get an idea how did you treat them in a parental style while while you guys were out we now currently change our approach to treating them like adults it's weird it's i i don't like talking to them like they're little baby children at all in any situation whatsoever i talk to them like they're 12 or like antonio's age i don't treat them any differently than i do antonio which i guess can be kind of controversial but uh so example they're no, running it's, around. It's really controversial. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're they're running around after lunch. They got their belly full of junk food, and they had a lot of energy after that. So they got up out of hand and ran into people, and were in people's way. So you just gotta. I, you know, Natalie and I were stern. Set up, you know, kept on telling them to come here and sat them down in the stroller. We did bring a stroller, uh, the two person stroller. Yep. Two kids stroller, two child. Not two person. If it was two person, person I would want to sit in it, but <laughs> Mommy push me around. Um you know, just just take them aside calmly but sternly explain to them that if you do not stay by us and you do not stop running around, you will go in the stroller and we will start heading home. And so, that worked once. So that's kind of more like an authoritarian style where you yeah where you kind of expect them I guess to really follow your orders without questioning it or not understanding why the rules are there, right? And then you're using a threat of punishment which is going home rather than having fun out of the house. Now I think of it more as making sure they know the consequences of their actions. Not mm. a punishment. Okay, yeah. I mean, I guess that's a you know that's a very good or interesting thing to bring up. It's like it's a consequence for not following. Which I guess do you, would you consider a consequence and punishment the same thing then? Because in, in my eyes, I think yes. I think the see. I mean, so it's more of an authoritarian style. Whereas, what do you do at home? I mean, does Nothing. your 
does your style oh, actually it's... change when you're at home versus when you're you out meant, and about? Like, yeah, I thought you meant like at home after the museum incident, but no. Um, at home, it's kind of the same way, but that would definitely, you know, definitely lay out the consequences for their action they're currently doing that is not appropriate for the moment. And if that doesn't work, then a punishment such as taking toys away or making them sit on their bed for an allotted amount of time, uh, we kind of agreed on every minute, one, or one minute per age per year. So Cora's two minutes, Eleanor's four minutes. Yep. That wasn't my Makes idea. Sense. I can't take credit for that. No, I mean, that's by any means. I mean, you look at some science or you try to get as much help as you can, and people are like, I would love to know where people get these things. But at the same time, it's like, hell, you've got to do something. And if you try to punish a right. kid that's only two years old for um, an hour, they're not really going to understand that concept of no. why an, why it's an hour. Like, two minutes they can somewhat understand. Um, I think at a certain point, though, so you say with Eleanor being four, four minutes, that's fine. I think at the age of, like, six or so, I think you can kind of throw that out the window. Like, throw the minute punishment out the window. Because at that point, they should kind of understand more of the rules or the reasons the rules are in place. So they break something. Okay, maybe six is still too young. I don't don't know yet. Um, I should know. I would agree with six. But I, I... I'm kind of playing devil's advocate with myself right now just because of the idea. It's like I've already gone through it, but at the same time, it's been four years, four plus years now, where now it's like, all right, my 10-year-old is going to get punished. He's going to lose something for an entire week. A week, okay. So, for example, if he's lying to us, like blatantly lying to us, or we ask him something... He tells us he doesn't know, and then we kind of rephrase it in a way that he can maybe understand it more, and then he tells us this or something of the sort and then tries to come up with another answer, and he lies to us. Sam's going to take away his Switch or electronics, and it's not just the Switch. It could be the entire electronics. Like, he can sit down and watch TV with us when we have food or meals together, but if he wants to play video games, he can't do that now. And that, not to mention, that goes not only in this house, but he also would lose it at his father's place. So it carries forth with him. That's that's kind of our parenting style as well. Um, now, granted, I, I do want to you know say this. I think we have a very, or our household is very dynamic or elastic in regards to the style. It's not stagnant, where... If we look back at the, like, our grandparents or great-grandparents or whatever, uh, they may have had a very stagnant parenting style where, for example, they could have been an authoritative or they could have been an authoritarian or they could have been permissive or even uninvolved. These are, like, the four basic types of parenting styles out there nowadays. Uh, Authoritative being those who encourage kids to take on responsibility. Uh, 
and to think for themselves and consider the reasons that you set rules and expectations. Uh, the authoritarian kind of what we've already talked about, possibly with Jared and going to the museum, uh, expecting children to obey your orders without question. Um, and then you kind of rely on punishment to make sure that they actually do follow those orders. Um, permissive. Really, it's you're responsive. Uh, you're making sure it's a good thing, a good way to be responsive. But then yet you don't follow up with or enforce your rules. So <laughs> you try to be strong about something, um, but then you don't enforce it, right? So you're still... You, you don't want to hurt your children's feelings by any means or hurt somebody's feelings, right? You're sensitive to what they're, how you approach it, but then you have a, you're having that hard time just sticking to your guns essentially. Um, and then the uninvolved parenting style, you uninvolved is simply, you're just not there. (laughs) You don't offer your child this, the emotional support and fail to really, uh, enforce any kind of standards or expectations so it's just kind of like free roam for the child and if they need some sort of yeah. emotional support you're not there I I see uninvolved as they can be there they you know but they're not actively involved in trying to be a parent they're more involved with their own lives and not trying to relate to their kids i want to say because you can have a parent who's always around and who's not involved i mean look at all the people who are raised on uh, by nannies and stuff like that right P- the, those parents rely on other people other well nannies or butlers or whatever the hell to raise their kids for them while they're out doing whatever and it, and it may seem like a hollywood fantasy but it's true. It, it's it's not totally out of the ordinary. I mean, I hear stories about that all the time from the rich and the famous who had the option of a nanny raising their kids. I, th- I think sometimes, too, when you are, like, when you have the opportunity to have a nanny or whatnot, it's not, I'm not, I would never say it's a bad thing, right? I think it's because something is, your kids are definitely your most the most important thing in your life. However, there's be. something that takes you they should be and i'm not saying that the parents that use a nanny or butler or any kind of assistance to watch their children isn't involved they are they just have something else come up that takes away like if you are an only parent or like a single parent at the time um and you have to go somewhere on business like a business trip or something and you you can afford the luxury to have a nanny and watch the kids or whatever, right? Or maybe even uh, for some reason you're part of the government, you work for the government, and the government, uh, like you're a se- you're an agent or a secret agent or a spy or whatever, right? So business calls um, take you away, uh, something like that. I I would never say you're not involved in your kid's life, right? It's just hard to be in, involved in that aspect but un, uninvolved in this side of things is really you just don't do crap for them okay you more i think i think what this is trying you know be, the uninvolved style is more or less i want to be a friend i don't want to be the parent 
You follow a little bit? I follow. Yeah, I follow. I get it. Yeah. So it's more focused on of friendship style versus uh, I'm going to be strict with you when I need to be strict. I'm not going to – I don't – and I say a friendship, it, you know, you're not l- concerned more about trying to raise your child. You're more concerned about trying to be like – they can come to me in the sense that they they feel safe. May, okay, maybe that's kind of counter – you know counterproductive or devil's advocate at that point they're just able to come to me and know that they're not going to get in trouble and yeah you only want to make them happy you don't want to make them sad you want to make them happy because you want to be their friend yeah right so and at, at that point i say if you're trying to make them just happy that's not really concerned about being an emotional support at all no you're just doing what's what you think they need (laughs) which is okay they're going to be happy because they're able to come to me and that's it i mean as i mentioned before too i think i i i have been in a sense an uninvolved parent um a permissive i've been kind of all over the place i think it all depends on my situation though um it could even even being out and about i don't necessarily like being i mean i do it really truly depends on the situation. So, you know, you tell, you want to be an authoritarian parent, but you also want to be authoritative at some point too. Um, trying to find the right balance, I think is going to be very difficult. I feel, um, God, I don't even know where to say like in the past, like when we were kids, honestly, what kind of style or like, when our parents were kids and they were raised by our grandparents, right? I can't really speak on th- on that. Um, maybe maybe I can. I can take a shot, and I would say I think my parents uh, had re- were grown uh, or being raised in like a authoritative uh, style, so they always were able to think for themselves, be independent, but also know the rules and why they're there. Um, <laughs> we talk about a great example here, right? Uh, this is this is one example that's kind of stuck in my head where um, my grandma, she would start saying names like William or David, and all of a sudden she would open up the oh god, what drawer was it? She would just open up a one of the kitchen drawers and then slam it shut. And all of a sudden they hear it and they're like, oh, shit, we're in trouble. Hmm. Like they knew what was coming. Yeah. So, I mean, thing, things definitely change, right? Um, I think, too, because I, I want to talk a little bit about how it differed in schooling as well. Or what what you may have been able to get away with back in those days. Versus what we can get away with now in 2023. Or even like in the 2000s, honestly. Yeah. Uh, as, or like these teen years and 20 years of, of the 2000s. Because, I mean, I guess in 2000, I was still technically a kid. Um, <laughs> Me too. But, yeah. So, in 2013, 2014, things changed. Uh, it started becoming a parent. But being raised as a child, tell me, Jared, tell me more of what your side of the family looks like 
or what you think your family style was. Love to hear it. Yeah. Uh, like you, it's kind of hard to put a, put a thumb on where exactly my parents fell into. Um, didn't always have the, you know, being the child of divorced parents, didn't always have that fluidity between punishments, like you said, with your mm. son and um, your house and his dad's house. Well, sometimes, like, if I was bad enough, it would have carried over, but something stupid like getting grounded for a day for not doing the dishes or some shit, that wouldn't have carried over. But lying and getting in trouble at school, that would have carried over because both of them would have known about it. Um, I guess they would have to be probably... My father was more authoritative. And mom was a mixture of permissive and authoritarian with a little bit of uninvolved sprinkled in there without going too deep into some examples that I have a reason to give that judgment for. Yeah, you don't, have, but, to, you don't um, have to necessarily share the examples. No, that, and that's, I'm not going to, but, and then, so I really want to be, and, and here's where I kind of go off here because you can't be authoritative to a two-year-old who can't, well, they can think for themselves, but they don't know responsibility or, like, rules and reasons and stuff. You have to start off being more strict and then grow into being authoritative where you can, you know, like, what I try to do now, where I try to sit down and talk to them like an older kid and explain the, you know, the response, taking responsibility for your actions and then explaining the consequence or if they've already done it and the consequences happened, well, mm, you know, this is why this happened. And can we learn next time? And I will, I will talk to Eleanor. I said, remember in the future, next time this happens, next time you get mad, we don't throw things because somebody will get hurt. Or I try to, you know, I try with my youngest, but it doesn't always go anywhere. You know, if you do get angry, and you do start scratching, punching, throwing, whatever, someone will get hurt, and then it will be sad. You have to, you know, I'm trying to explain the situation as best I can, as slow as I can, with the most authoritative mm. voice. <laughs> so, um, so do you kind of believe that so even a voice can help project the style? I like to think it can, because hell my parents always had a stern i'm in trouble voice and like an oh shit moment when i heard that voice that's just something i picked up on i don't know if it works or not shit you don't i think it can i think it also depends on how it's delivered though too like if you start saying jared it's not gonna end well like, if you're screaming, yeah. your child is going to be less responsive. Okay. Or if you go, Jared, in a, in a sense, right, it's, it's going to be a little different. Or, Justin, you know, have that sense of stern or urgency in the voice 
Um, yeah, stern urgency. Yeah, right. But no, yeah. Don't be I like to work yelling at the more. top of your lungs. Right, right. Because we've all I'll had those days. I will. I will be honest. I am definitely like one of my goals itself is not to be as um, yellow or yelling. Um, Same. Because it it creates a very bad atmosphere where you're all of a sudden going to be negative and have this crappy attitude. So your child or children will feed off of it as well. Negative. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, what, so when I say they, f- they feed off of it, it's like they're going to respond to you in a bad way. So you start talking to them in a ne- with a negative attitude. They're going to give you sass back. It's kind of just like trying to really, as much as a child doesn't necessarily know they do it, it happens. It so does. then it just causes, it causes more, compl- I would say it causes more complications for your, you, yourself as a parent because now you're trying to correct them by saying, don't give me attitude. But at the same time, you've kind of, you're kind of the culprit. You're the one that started the negative attitude or the bad attitudes. And they just kind of feed off of it while you're trying to have a conversation with them. Um, now, th- you know, we can't control you parents. That's not the goal here. We're not saying, oh, you're a parent. You want to have your own style. We're just enlightening you what types of styles are out there. Maybe how to even help with the situation. So if you are trying to change your style or like my kid's not responsive, why? Think of it from their perspective. Put Put yourself in their shoes and be like, okay. Dad is giving me a bad attitude for something. And then he's yelling at me for provide or feeding off the bad attitude. Because I'm now speaking back at him with an attitude. Been there, done that. I've told my kid, my 10-year-old that multiple times. He's like, "Don't give us attitude." He's like, "I'm not." But yet he is. But that's also because we also now see it as an attitude. Because he's just copying or mirroring. It's you know it's one of those very common uh, symbols here. You mirror what you're doing. Um, yeah. It's kind of like a sales technique, right? It's just a general technique that everybody uses. You try to feed off of each other in a way. So it's it's very interesting. Um, try to don't necessarily be positive about it, but don't. You don't, I, I, I'd say try to be emotionless as best as you can or don't show emotions when you're trying to create a punishment because um, it's not really a positive experience for a child. It's not a positive experience for you. I'm sure you don't necessarily like punishing your child for doing, for doing something. No. I don't like it because it's taking away something they want to do and maybe right. even something you want to do with them. It sucks, but you know, talk. You know, we talk about punishments. <laughs> I feel like honestly, nowadays the only punishments I give my children are taking away electronics and video games and things like that. Um, 
I, there has been taking away friends or being able to hang out with people. Uh, but I, th- I think most of the times it's taken away the electronics because that's what they're mostly attached to at this does point. Does it work? It does. And there's just something else that comes up. Like, again, the, yeah. the lying thing. It's just a whole... You, you learn, but at the same time you forget. Yes, you remind them. It's like, don't lie or you're going to be in trouble or mom doesn't like it when you lie to her and things like that. I mean, who who likes being lied to, right? You try you try to set up the best thing here for them. It's like lying is only to only to is only going to cause more problems for you down the road because you're going to get caught in the web of lies eventually, and you're not going to yep. know what the truth is anymore. Right. So if you're just truthful, straight straightforward, or upfront right there, you don't have to worry about stacking lie on top of lie by any means. It so. And then trying to remember which lie led to which and whatnot. Like I said, level lies. Never a fun game. But um, now I will always say that my parenting style, there is, I don't have necessarily a set style. As much as maybe I was raised in an authoritative style, it will always depend on what's going on. And I think it depends. I don't want to say it depends on the child. But, you know, it's very hard to be authoritative with an infant. <laughs> they obviously can't tell the difference between right and wrong. No. No. <laughs> I, think, I think you can start setting the same style with a two-year-old, though, because they are a toddler, and they've got to start learning right from wrong. Uh, holding exactly. them responsible. You, there's definitely different levels of responsibility you want to hold them accountable for. Okay. And maybe, and this is this is the one thing too. It's like my my three year old, he's still learning, right? Still trying to be responsible, and he's actually gotten a lot better too. Where um, he's actually he's been very helpful with cleaning up after himself, things of that nature as well. So he's start he's starting to finally get the responsibility aspect. Now there hasn't been much punishment, but. I mean, we have in the past sat him in his chair for, like, five minutes. Granted, okay, you brought up the two-minute thing, uh, or, like, for each each year they're, they're born, or each age, like, year of age or whatever, so two years old, two minutes. Each year we've done minute. that in the past. A minute per year, yeah. So, we've done that in the past. I think it's worked. Um, but I think that's really good for somebody that's like a one-year-old where you can start teaching them things like that. Two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old. Maybe put a stop at six. Because um, at that time, I think uh, I think that's maybe that's the line. Maybe maybe even push it to seven. That's all based on your style. That's all how you want to handle the situation as well. Um, but I think six or seven years old is where you draw the line and be like, okay, now I'm going to punish you for a day or two well you wanted to go to a friend's house or you wanted to have a friend come over this weekend well i'm sorry but i'm telling him no because you don't hold yourself accountable let's say they break something and they don't necessarily fess up to it or you know they're not they don't want to throw somebody under the bus right they're just going to stay silent and i've i've seen plenty of videos like this before where 
everybody in the room or like all the kids are in the same room. Parents are trying to figure it, get down to the bottom of who actually did this. But all of them are just like silent, not going to talk because they don't want to throw the per- the person that did it under the bus or throw somebody else under the bus. Right. And it's like, okay, fine. Well, now all three of you are getting punished for not opening them up. As much as the per, you know, if you throw somebody under the bus, you always say snitches get stitches, right? But there's no good way to go about that. All right. You don't, you don't want to always throw somebody under the bus, even though, even though they might've been the one that did it. Uh, You'd rather have them be accountable first. Yeah. Like actually take the responsibility, right? That's what the authoritative side is all about. Still. I think that's the biggest thing with authoritative is making sure your kids understand the responsibility of their actions. So thoughts on that kind of but for you guys out there the reason why we're kind of bringing this up and there i think the reason why the world is so into defining parenting styles and trying to tweak them as much as possible because we've seen how some people may turn out in the future and those people might be ourselves like we like we might have something in our past, a parenting style that didn't work. And there's some, you know, psychological things that need attention because of that parenting style and that it didn't work where if it were maybe a different handled a different way, we would not have that hang up in our adult life. And I think that's what we're trying to, that's what I'm trying to prevent as a dad. And, you know, as, as a family, I don't want any of those. And, you can be careful all you want. You can't dodge every bullet out there. A kid, every kid is different, and every kid's going to take something differently. But you just got to try. You know, I would encourage you to try your best to keep your kid, your child's future in mind on how they will obviously turn out to be as an adult. Don't get stuck in, you know, the present is the only thing that matters kind of thing. You want the present and the future to be the things that matter. You can't go back and fix the past. And I wish I could because I yelled, I was negative. I was, I'll be honest, I I have not been the best parent and I'm trying to correct that as much as, as much as I can before it's too late. Honestly, the kids get older, it it becomes too late at one point. So that's what I got on that. (laughs) No, I, I, that's a that's a great put too. And here, you know, there's a, there's something else I want to talk about as well. Uh, I think this is also a very critical parenting style. Uh, it's not doesn't necessarily you know pertain to the authoritative or anything. This is just more of a connection kind of thing. Being respectful of having a mutual yes. respect between you and your child children. Yes. You can't you can't be the one always just demanding something because. And this is a great example. They're asking you something. Dad, can you come here? Dad, can you come here? But you keep blowing them off by saying, I'll be there in a second. I'll be right there. You know, something of that point. Uh, But then all of a sudden you tell them to come here. Like you want them to do something. So you say, Arlo, come here. Hold on. I'll be right there. And then all of a sudden you get to the spot and be like, I need you here now. Well, you never respected their time. 
when they asked you to for something so having that mutual level of respect is very huge um by all means to jared's point i would love to fix the way i've parented in the past but the only way i can fix that is by moving ahead that's the only way i can do it i can't go backwards and be like yep 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 correct everything as much as i want to i can only think about it for the for now and the future and how that's going to affect my children i think and i don't i don't know this is kind of opinionated um here and i'm pretty sure maybe even a lot of people agree with this or may agree with this but if we talk about styles in general having the mutual respect your child is probably going to be better off but if you don't have any mutual respect between them or have a decent parenting style for example if you are uninvolved or have an uninvolved parenting style that's the worst style and th- it's going to have the worst Clearly. outcome for your children because you're just letting them do whatever they want. No right. no limits, no expectations, no rules. So they're going to go into the real world or the adult world and be like, I can get away with anything. Mm-hmm. Moments later, they can't. They wind up in jail for some stupid reason. And then they go, oh, shit, I fucked up. Well, who's going to say that, the kid or the parent? When their kids both in jail. actually at that point because you're yeah because the parents gonna get a phone call from the kid or like maybe even the police station saying I have so and so here sitting in a jail cell right now can you come get them and then as a parent you go what they do I mean may- maybe as a parent that realized that they weren't as involved as they should be and want to maybe try to change that way, fine. Yes, they may take blame for not doing the, you know, doing justice and taking care, you know, raising their kid in the... Yeah. It's difficult. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. want to say anybody's a bad parent, and I'm not. But those bad parents out there that just all of a sudden... Or parents that want to change their ways and realize it's too late with one child... Um, but they start realizing, hey, I should, t- I, I'm taking blame because I didn't raise the child, my child, the right way, or the way they should have been raised, to avoid this situation. Um, but then again, there are those parents that won't take the responsibility and be like, they did, they did it themselves. But right. guess what, guys? As much as you say they did it themselves, you had they didn't sixteen years. Or 18 years. Or 20 years. To set them up for this. And you chose not to. It's, parent, it's food it's for responsibility. thought. Right. Uh, and I, I, I love yeah. your comment about mutual respect, too. I, I had an in- a situation with Antonio at, at the museum... It, we, we saw, the, you know, the gift shop, you see it on your way in, okay? It was kind of quiet in there when we were coming in because nobody's leaving. Well, when everybody leaves at the end of the day, it, it is slammed in there. And it's not huge. And by that point, we were just done. We needed to leave. It was time to go. 
We didn't have enough energy or time to sit in the gift shop and chase the girls even more and try to get them <laughs> to pick something out to go. Antonio, right. being the age he's at, recognized, oh, sh I really wanted to go. And he got really depressed and sad. And while we were at Costco waiting for uh, my wife and the daughters to get out of the bathroom, I just said, hey, buddy, I'm, I'm sorry about about the gift shop i really know you wanted to go but the circumstances just didn't turn out that way and and i honest and i apologize i'm sorry maybe we can work something else out you know here tonight yet or tomorrow morning or on our way back to racing tomorrow and just you know kind of make up for it and i i hope he i hope he felt that i was trying to be sincere and that i was really trying to apologize because i know he felt bad but that's the kind of mutual so respect was... i want to establish in our relationship so he was looking forward to the gift shop yeah yeah that's, but it's he, hard i mean again he yeah yeah I, th I think maybe maybe in a situation like that you because again i haven't been to the milwaukee museum in a while uh but i think one way to look around that next you know for future instances is all right. You can you can explain to him that hey we're, we don't have much time here right now or something of the sort where we've spent <laughs> you don't want to say we spent a lot of money because you still want to try to go out your way to make him happy but maybe you also try to find well, a for way sure. to no explain it to him that it's like okay well we can find something or you know and this this might be the best way to do it too. Uh, per, you know, personally speaking, in the way I've done things in the past, or Sam and I do things together when we're all out together, um, one of us will finish doing what we're doing, like if we're shopping, uh, and th this is kind of the idea, right? So if you're doing sh some shopping or whatever, and the, you're in the checkout line or whatever, you're gonna you say to the other one, okay, you finish up here, or you take the kids out to the vehicle get them ready to go, right? And maybe you and Natalie could have done something like that where you, one of you takes the girls out to the ve out to the van or whatever, or whatever vehicle you were in, and one and Antonio stay together. And Antonio gets a chance to look at the shop. Now, granted, yeah. It's not it wouldn't be very fair to the girls because they don't get to do something in the shop. But at the same time, right you're now allowing Antonio to have that chance rather than take it away from him. Not saying that the girls did anything wrong to lose that opportunity. Right. But you know, somebody was just very tired or both of you were just tired of chasing the girls around, which is understandable. Yeah. And it's just kind of very chaotic. Um, but then again, like you said, it always gets busy in gift shops at the end of the day, basically when people are trying to find things. Um, or, I mean, next time you go look at the shop earlier. Because I don't think there's nothing wrong yeah, or anything you don't need wrong with going to, to the shop the early shop. and then staying in the museum. Right. So. Yeah. Plenty, plenty of solutions to think about for next time or what there may be. Hopefully you did find a way to make it up to him today or whatever it may have been. Um, so hopefully, like you said, it turned out okay. <laughs> It did he he got so he got some treats at Costco and uh, 
he got to munch on a big bucket of popcorn uh, while watching TV last night. So nice. I love that watching watching TV. You know, being able to finally relax and take a breath. Right. Hopefully, you're able to do that. <laughs> Isn't it nice what? that we don't have to worry about uh, our teachers beating our kids at school anymore? Isn't that nice? I don't know. I think sometimes it would be better if they if they had some sort of power. Because nowadays I feel like teachers yeah. don't have any power. Yeah. And, uh, and all they're doing is just sending kids to, kids to the principal office, and the principal has to give a parent a call, and nothing's really getting resolved on school grounds. I have an idea. Why don't we table this discussion for another episode on ways we can help teachers have more authority without, with not made necessarily our children, but other children that might cause issues in the classroom. That's, that's good. How teachers can keep power while maintaining, well, more or less just how teachers can maintain power w- during disturbances it, it'll be a challenging topic for sure i think it's Man, a very sensitive teachers. topic teachers if you uh are listening send us an email send us a message on facebook or uh take your pick you know we'd love to have you on to talk about if you this. want to join the show and tell us to talk about that yeah you want to be a guest we'll be more than happy to get your input love to hear love to hear your side of the story so, um, God, that's going to be fun. I can't wait. So let's, let's do it. I'm ready for some jokes. I want to laugh. I think it's been a long weekend. I need, I definitely need some laughs. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I need to, you more know what I need to do? I need to bring bonus. your POS ITIV back. Hey, I have it back today. Besides my lack well, of energy I know, but... from just having a busy weekend. Eh, that's fair. That's very fair. So I think we need to up it some more because I don't want to be a negative Nancy or negative Nelly or negative Nick or whatever you want to call him or her. But it's very easy to go negative than it is to be positive. One yeah. negative thing can ruin the ruin the atmosphere, but it takes a shit ton of positive energy to really bring it back into the house. Or just wherever you are. So, I think I think some dad jokes <laughs> are in the making here. Let's do it. <laughs> did, I, <laughs> did I tell you the time I fell in love during a backflip? I was head over heels. <laughs> yeah, that works. I like that. I like telling dad jokes. Sometimes he laughs. Oh, here, here's another good one. I decided to sell my vacuum cleaner. It was just gathering dust. That's great. (laughs) Hey, do you have any? Do you have any to spread? Yes, I I do. Actually, I got to find it first. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, good. I gotta find it. I saw good, a good. meme, I love it. and it was a dad joke. It's freaking hilarious. 
Oh, where the hell was it? Oh, I can't wait to... In the meantime, I've got a joke about construction, but I'm still working on it. <laughs> Continue. Hold on. I got. I'm trying to find it. Yeah. I was. Just, I was just looking for some. Uh, what do you call a belt made of watches? A waste of time. A waste of time. <laughs> Where it, do math it, teachers it. go on vacation? All right, let me let me Where do this one vacation, quick, and then yeah, Times Square. <laughs> Times Square. Three men are on a what boat. You got? Three men are on a boat. They have four cigarettes, but nothing to light them with. So they throw a cigarette overboard, and the whole boat becomes a cigarette lighter. <laughs> it took like being a blonde and being kind of slow on those it took me like five minutes to get that damn joke <laughs> uh, that one that one kind of reminds me of like the um hippo and the zippo what's the difference What's between a hippo and a hippo and a zippo what one's kind of heavy but the little, the other one's a little lighter <laughs> <laughs> it's always about and sometimes it just makes more sense when you actually are able to look at the war, the joke itself because it is a, right. it is truly a pun at that point right so it's always fun. Uh, <laughs> can February March? No, but April May. <laughs> uh, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's always. See, I would love to share dark jokes, but I don't want to do that yet. I'm not comfortable sharing any dark jokes yet. Um, want to hear a joke about paper? Never mind, it's sure. terrible. Terrible. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, hey guys. I don't play soccer just or because I enjoy the sport. I'm just doing it for kicks. <laughs> doing it to get my kicks. My kicks in. Yeah. Kicks on Route 66. Oh my god, here's a here's a good one. I tried to make up a joke about ghost, but I couldn't. It had plenty of spirit, but nobody. Nobody, sorry. Mm. Yeah, that one was a groaner. Yeah. And a silent groan in my head. That's like Which the, why did the skeleton or why didn't the skeleton ride the roller coaster? Didn't have the guts. Ha, that's a good one. Ah. Don't trust atoms. They make up everything. Fine. That's a classic. I think I've heard that one before. That is a classic. 
I could tell a joke about pizza, but it's a little cheesy. <laughs> That's all I got for the night. You know, I think right. we'll have to save some That's more for later folks. on. <laughs> hey, as usual, guys, find us on Spotify, Anchor FM, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, Facebook, Leash Dads, of course. Uh, but we're definitely going to have some more fun this year uh, as we continue on. Yes, and again, if you want to be a guest on the show, please email us or let us know. We would be more than happy to get your feedback or takes uh, and input. Um, but anyways, as usual, Jared, thank you so much for being an amazing constant co-host, and we will see you Anytime. next time. Anytime is the best time but we'll see you next time